action. Hello and welcome to episode 82 of Your Average Critics, joined by Chris and the return of Obi. Welcome back, Obi. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm all good. How was it having limited access to the internet for 10 days or so? Um, it's all right to be honest, because obviously our lives are like surrounded by like technology and stuff and social media and all that stuff. So it's nice to like be able to take a break from it. If it, it would have been better if I knew I wasn't missing like two very like momentous things. <laughs> so like Game of Thrones and Avengers. But, yeah. but it's oh. probably best you didn't have connection to the internet because you would have seen spoilers. But yeah, I mean, I mean, as if I, if I'd gone and I'd gone in like June or something when nothing's coming out, then it would have been, would have been better. But the fact that I was like, oh shit, like, I really want, I'm, I'm, I was just annoyed at the fact that I'm not here. I wasn't here and I was there. I couldn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. The like, gushing over or, or not, or not <laughs> in, in some places. Well, yeah, I think I think we should start today's discussion with your thoughts on Endgame and then we can talk about the Spider-Man trailer because I think, you know, there's no point talking about the Spider-Man trailer without, because it obviously refers to Endgame. Yeah. So, Obi, seeing as you haven't told us on the pod what you think of Endgame, please give us your opinion. And also, you know, you've listened to last week's pod, so if you want to comment on anything Chris or I have said, mm. please feel free. Basically, he thinks you're a little bitch. Yeah, well, that amongst other things. Um, <laughs> so, me personally, right? Okay, so I've seen it twice now. Um, when I like, this is quite unprecedented for me in a film yet. But literally, when I went to see it for the first time, I was sat up. You know, I, like, because obviously in the film, like, I normally just sit back and like, you know, do whatever. I was literally sat up on the edge of my seat for probably about two and a half of the three hours of the film, like, <laughs> and I was just like so like, I don't know what the word is, like, fixed in. Bear in mind, I just come back from Nigeria, I probably slept for about an hour and a half, and then I went to the cinema. But I was, like, knackered still, but, like, I was just so, like, fixed in on this one event. I was like, I need to see this. I need to be focused. So, yeah, I was watching it. And, to be honest, for me, um, I really enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it even more, me and Chris saying, I enjoyed it even yeah. more the second time. I would okay. give it a solid 8.5 out of 10. It's not. It's nothing. Well, not nothing. It's not. It's not as good as Infinity War, in my opinion. It's not as good as the first Avengers. Although I think I need to watch that again. Um, but it's still really, 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 really good, in my opinion. And I think the film is like. It's basically like. Uh, what's the word? It's basically like the way I see it. It's like a thank you to the to the fans. Basically, it was like a big like. Well done for sticking with us through eleven years, twenty two films. Here's loads of cool shit that we all know you want to see. You know. And yeah, I I was a bit worried um, about it being three hours long. I thought maybe it might drag a little bit, and I would say it doesn't really. Maybe the second time watching, I would say maybe the heist bit um might drag a little bit, but only because I know the, the fight bit's coming, mm. and I really want to see the fight bit. <laughs> Did so. you not think the first act was a bit slow? Not really, because it was kind of just like feeling. I just kind of got it because it was obviously thin the aftermath of all this. Like it's a pretty like tragic thing that's happened, and you have to follow everyone's like individual beats sort of thing. Well, not in, well, not everyone's, but like the main Avengers at least. Obviously, you get Thor's depression, um, you get um, Iron Man trying to. You know, obviously, he's come out pretty well. With this he's still got Pepper and he's got a daughter now. You know, Steve is trying to help people get through their grief. See that one? I didn't think it was it wasn't necessary that bit. That for that, me, that, that for me is just like a 
that's just Captain America because yeah, he's always yeah, that guy yeah. like he likes to help people and blah, blah, blah. so that's yeah. his way of dealing with helping probably helping him deal with his grief by helping other people deal with theirs you know? and obviously he had to find yeah, yeah. Uh, the openly gay pack yeah cool. um, you know um, obviously Black Widow she's like <laughs> she's I think she's probably like the most like uh, what's the word got the least not the least to do but like she's kind of like um, okay, yeah, the channels are open, guys. If you need me, then cool. Well, obviously, like nobody's calling. We're like kind of like, oh yeah, we've got our own shit to deal with. And she's just kind of like left there with her own thoughts to kind of, you know, stew a little bit. Yeah, mm. but, um, what to do with Yeah, I don't know. I think we had to. I think we did have to go through everyone's like individual, individual bits to see how they've been dealing with everything over the past five years. Obviously, you've got um, as well, Hawkeye as well. Mm. You know, all that stuff. So I don't. I, for me, yeah, no, I didn't drag. I actually think I quite liked that. I think I like the beginning and the end more than I like the middle. Although I think the middle is still pretty good. But there's only certain bits of it that I liked and certain bits that I wasn't super keen on. When you saw it the second time, what was what what was it that you found even better or that you liked even more the second time? So the first time um, when I watched it, my, my nitpicks of the film were um, I wasn't the biggest fan of Professor Hulk. I'm still not now, but, you know, it doesn't really bother me as much. Um, I wasn't sure how I felt about Thor being fat. I hated that. <laughs> but then watching it the second time, I get it. And I think he would have annoyed me if he just suddenly become slim, <laughs> like, halfway into the film, you know? I think if he was going to be fat and you see the effect that him thinking he's failed, like, it's had on his mental state, his depression and everything like that, he's, like, holding himself up playing games in, with Korg and what's-his-face in that, in that little house. And... You know, it's obviously it's had a massive effect on him, like on his mental yeah. state, and obviously he gains a lot of weight. And I think it would have been silly for him to, have, you know, put the weight off in the space of that film, which is probably what a day. Yeah, I mean, I do get it, but I just thought it reminded me of like Austin Powers when they've got like fat bastard, and it's just like a really terrible looking like fat suit and everything. And you know, he could have at least shaved or whatever, like trimmed his no, hair. No, no, he couldn't have shaved because then you wouldn't have got that sick moment near the end. When he calls um, the hammer in the axe, and then his beard braids itself. You tell me that wasn't sick? No, it wasn't. <laughs> that bit was fucking sick. Personally, I loved it. Anyway, um, what was the other thing I didn't? Uh, oh yeah, the time travel stuff. I was a bit iffy on the first time, but then when I watched it a second time, I think it makes more sense because I was actually like listening to what Hulk was saying <laughs> and everybody else was saying. Whereas before, I kind of just kind of like glossed over it. Yeah. Obviously, he they made their you know their new rules and stuff. But I was kind of still going by what I think the rules of time travel are. Right. Uh, I mean, if you take the what what they're saying literally and you apply it to what's going on in the film, I think it makes sense. And I think it makes even maybe even a little bit more sense when you add in um, the Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man trailer when they talk about multiverses. Yeah. Um, but back to Endgame. So before the film, you said there needs to be what minimum two big minimum deaths. Two, yeah. With with Black Widow and Tony Stark, and you could argue that Captain America is coming to the end of his life. Yeah. Are you satisfied with that? I am. I'm satisfied because I don't think. So obviously, there's there's two main people: is Cap and Iron Man. Like one of them had to die. Me before the film, I wanted. I would have been alright with Cap dying, but I wanted him to go back and live with Peggy Carter and you know. Have a, yeah. Like, so Iron Man, to be honest. And even though I wanted that, I still didn't expect Iron Man to die. So I was actually really surprised when obviously he did he did the snap, and then he actually died. I thought he, they would like save him, you know, like the way they said Tom. Um, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, so that kind of caught me off guard. And I was actually quite emotional. Seeing as I'm not really Iron Man's biggest fan, but that actually really like hit me in the heart. So yeah, I was quite surprised by that. The um, Black Widow line. I don't know why, but like obviously they went to um what's the place called? Warmer. Yeah, Warmer. Yeah. Warmer. And like in my mind, I was I didn't even clock until they got there. Like, oh shit, someone's gonna have to die mm. for, the, for them to actually get this thing. And then obviously yeah. Yeah, they did their little back and forth and. Um, yeah, it, it kind of had to be her because obviously um, Hawkeye's got family in that and she hasn't really got any family outside of these things. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, even that itself, in itself was quite emotional and I like that when she died that I think they used the same music as they did when um, Gamora died in Infinity War mm. and I like that music, it's really, it's really good. So yeah, I think, and I think who else is left in the Avengers? Hulk? Oh, Thor. Thor, they just unlocked his power, his more, more of his powers, like how strong he is in, in Ragnarok. And I thought he's still got more to do. But mm. I didn't think he'd be the one. And they're going to do the as Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy, exactly, aren't exactly. they? Yeah, that, that's quite interesting, actually, that, that kind of team up. Yeah, I think it definitely suits them. Suits I, feel like I feel like they've done it on purpose because I feel like they're going to act a few people off Guardians of the Galaxy, I reckon. Also, he's now, you know. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. Out. he's out. Yeah. yeah. He's out. Sorry. Sorry guys. The, the, new, the, new, the new kind of comedy direction they've taken Thor in definitely suits with the Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, does this mean that you know how bothered are you now about a Black Widow solo film? Uh, if I keep it keep it honest with you, I wasn't that bothered about a Black Widow say, solo yeah. film in the first place. Um, now that it's a prequel, probably even less so. But oh, I'm assuming it's a prequel. Anyway. It's just but, basically a Bourne slash uh, Mission Impossible film, but Scarlet. Uh, I don't know, Scarlet Johansson, Black Widow doing her version of it, basically. Well. That's the thing, like we don't know, we don't. Oh, we, none of, no one even knows what the story's going to be. So I'd like to know what happened in Budapest. But if it is a prequel, yeah. and well, thing is, if it's a prequel and it's set within the MCU, it needs to further the MCU some way, either by introducing other characters or whatever. Otherwise, it might as well just be a straight to Disney Plus thing, because mm. now that they've killed off, how do you know you it's know, not a straight to Disney Plus? Oh, I don't know, because I thought it was part of the MCU slate, but I might be wrong. Um, but that's what I'm saying, is if it doesn't further the MCU in any way, you know, by being a prequel, then it might as well, you know, they might as well make it a series or uh, a straight-to-video film. Um, yeah. Because I'm just sort of like, okay, well, you've, we know how she ends up, so I don't, I'm not really that bothered. You know, you see bits of her backstory throughout all the films she's in so unless it's introducing a new character or there's a new version of black widow then i don't really care for it that much um i also want to know what your thoughts are about captain marvel's involvement did you expect her to be involved a lot more i mean i certainly did and i was a bit like where the hell is she yeah um same actually well when she she was like um uh, after she, when she got the first got the haircut, and she was like, "Yes, yeah, so basically, I'm going to be gone for a while." I was like, "Oh, all right, you're not coming back." All right, fair enough. <laughs> I was kind of that kind of like, took me by surprise because I thought, by the look of like the trailers and everything, she was sitting down with all of them and everything. I thought she was going to be part of like the whole time high stuff. I'm very glad she wasn't. Though. But that's the thing. Yeah. So like, I'm not bothered that she's not in it because this story's not really about her. It's about the the main. What's it? Six Avengers. Yeah. It's about them. Like, and if yeah. she come, if she came one sec, one sec. If she came in it. And stole the show, which she would have done because she's super powerful. Mm. Then I would have been like, mm, you know, I wouldn't have been 
too happy with that. I was happy with the role she played. I like that she came in at the end, fucked up that shit, came in, uh, started fighting Thanos with all the ladies. I thought that was kind of sick as well. Started fighting Thanos, and Thanos punched her in the face, and she was like, fuck you. Then she was going to fuck him up, but then he used the power stone, and that was cool. And yeah, she played her part. I, don't, I, I didn't need her to come in and be the saviour, which was probably what would have happened if she was in the film. Fair enough, fair enough. I do, need to, I do need to rewatch it. So I, I read something today, yeah? So how would you have felt about this in Infinity War? So I heard in one of the original scripts, they were going to have it that, that, you know the bit where Thor throws his axe and it's blitzing through the Infinity Beam or whatever you want to call it. Where Thor has his axe and it's So through. basically Thanos is like, shot set a beam from his fortnet towards Thor okay. and Thor's thrown his axe. Yeah. And it stabbed Thanos in the chest. Yeah. And then Thanos clicked. Apparently, in one of the original scripts, that's where it was going to end. I oh, wouldn't see who died or mm. anything. Do you think that would have been better or not? Um, no. Because then you get the you get the emotional beats of everyone true. disappearing. I think. True, 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 true. The way we the way we had it. Yeah. I sort of. Uh, yeah. I know I'm just sort of being really kind of picky, but I do also think like the fact that. Everyone who died came back. Would you expect? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like even like you know your Gamoras and your Lokis, it's like fucking hell, just kill yeah. them. Yeah, but Loki, Loki really isn't back. Is I don't he? think he's, Loki, like, he's, yeah. he's an alternate reality. That's so he yeah. can have a TV I think he'll be series. in the TV. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure how they're gonna get Vision back because I'm sure the TV series. Fuck is, Vision. I'm sure this TV series is Scarlet Witch and Vision. Yeah, it's called. Scarlet. I heard it's set in the 50s, but I'm like, how on <laughs> earth are they gonna get there? That's funny. <laughs> And then I'm actually curious to see if there'll be a Captain America film now. What, with Falcon? Sam Wilson and Bucky. Well, they're getting a TV series, so I don't know if we'll get This is what I mean, it's weird. Too many TV series popping out and I don't like it. Quickly, are we, wait, are we, is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, I also, I wanted to know, well, I don't know and I haven't really researched it, but there was a bit where, I was saying this to you after the film, Mm. where Captain America, uh, actually, there was a few bits actually, uh, so when all the, all the all the women teamed up together, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they all teamed up together, they're all just there, ready, yeah, ready for a fight. And it's fair enough; it's like an iconic moment. I thought I was sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not a lady, so I can't really, I can't really comment. On so how a friend of mine, she didn't like it. She was yeah. like, "It's so blatantly done that I don't yeah, appreciate it." it but I was like, cool. I was like, I had no issue with it. I, I didn't feel like it was needed, but I had no issue with it. And I thought it was quite a good scene, in fact. But when 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 the was it Mantis yeah. when she stood there I was like what the fuck are you doing in this lineup what are you gonna do you're gonna you're absolutely useless yes. then She's also yeah take take arse and kick kick nose yeah. yeah yeah um then there was also I don't know if you saw it Glenn probably didn't because you're blind um what's his name Duck so Howard the Duck was in the lineup as well of where of uh, when um when um. Doctor Strange makes all the circles and all the people come out. Uh, how the duck is there with a gun? Oh my god, that's sick! <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got to rewatch it just for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's getting an animated show as well. Also, yeah, he is, isn't he? Um, there was another bit where so obviously Captain America gets the hammer, which I uh, heard majority of people like the fact he got the hammer. I fucking loved it, by the but way. But some people are a bit like, how the fuck's he managed that? But whatever, we'll let that be. That I'm actually perfectly fine with it. Um, and that's actually one of the things I actually knew was going to happen anyway from the previous thing I saw last year. I don't know who the, who the fuck put that out there. It was near spot on and everything. Um, but basically, when when Captain America's wielding the hammer, he has the power of thunder as well. 
and I yeah. didn't think four. I thought four is the god of thunder, not not Mjolnir. I didn't think Mjolnir is the the thunder, but you were saying it's but probably Thor, yeah, because Thor it might be a Thor, like electric yeah. conductor. Isn't I think it? it's a conductor, yeah. But Thor doesn't need the hammer to use his thunder. Thor, Thor can just do it. Obviously, someone who's holding the hammer, they can do it as well. But previously, you would have thought I was just Thor yeah. because Thor's the only one who can hold the hammer. Yeah, I, I had no issue with it. I just thought it was a bit of a. I thought it could be continuity error there. Uh, and also, no one has ever stated that, that no, you need to be worthy to pick up the axe. No, that's true. But yeah, um, he, uh, yeah. Yeah. On, on second watching, does Thanos pick up Stormbreaker or does he just help it along its way? No, he helps yeah, it along. So, so, it's momentum. Yeah, so yeah. Thor's right, okay. units towards him and then he pushes it towards Thor's chest. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but, can oh. I say though, Captain America with the hammer and his shield was like, I'm taking this film as Thor is less of himself, not as powerful, mm. not as good mm. because he got fucked up basically mm. from the last film where he actually did sick against Thanos. Mm. With his axe to this film where he's doing shit all, mm. and then Captain America gets the hammer, gets his shield, fucking throws the hammer, no, spins the hammer, knocks combos. him out, he did combos, fucking, like in a second. Him, then he throws the hammer, <laughs> hits it against his shield, does a vibration, right. and slaps ah, him again. Chris, right, quickly, so while we're on the topic, yeah, the lot, the that battle scene, yeah, in my opinion, is absolutely superb. It's flawless from literally from the start when, um, What's his name? When Thanos was just sitting there chilling because he don't give a fuck, and then Thor's like, "All right, do we all know this is a trap, right?" And, to- and Tony's like, "Yeah, but I don't really care." He's like, "Okay, cool." And then he gets the axe, gets the hammer, the thunder comes, he gets the suit on, the beard braids, and they all start fucking him up. That fight was sick. Obviously, um, he fucks up Iron Man's shield and all that stuff. And then obviously the bit with the hammer, I was literally I had my head in my hands when the, when, when 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 Cap grabbed when Cap grabbed the hammer. And loves, and then thought like, I knew it. I literally, my head was in my hands for that whole good couple minutes after yeah. that. And obviously throwing the combos and that, fucking him up. That was great. And then um, just when um, when Thor's fucked up, Iron Man's fucked up. Cap grabs his shield and like, stra- and he's like strapping it. And then Thanos calls all of his goons, and they're all like that whole arm's coming. Reminded me of um, John Snow in Battle of the Bastards when yeah. he grabs, brings up the sword, and <laughs> everyone's coming towards yeah. him. And I was like, oh, Cap's my guy. And then he obviously gets the call. Um, like on your left, and all the circles come up. I literally got goosebumps when like Black Panther come out, Spider Man come out, fucking Bucky, all them lot, Falcon, everyone come out. I thought that was sick. And then um, everyone's just like there in the line, whole fucking massive army. And this is Avengers Assemble. I was like, oh god, I literally almost fucking got blown up. (laughs) (laughs) Because the last film, I like got proper shit, like a shiver moment when four comes in. And smashes down Pretty on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mate. I was like, that is sick. And yeah. then I can't remember what moment it was. I feel like it was that moment where they all came together and they're all running. I was yeah. like, oh, got that shiver moment. Yeah. Again. It was sick. And the first time I watched this film, I actually wasn't that sad by Tony's death. But then when I watched it this time, I was like, wow, this is actually proper emotion. Yeah, like, it was actually bare sad because I didn't think Pepper Potts cried the first time, mm. but she did. Mm. And then like. Yeah, it's just it's mad sad, isn't it? Yeah, and even like after he died, like even when when firstly when Spider Man comes in and he's like bare happy, and then Tony just hugs him because obviously yeah. he, he thought it was his fault that he died in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Iron Man dies, and then Spider Man's like, "We won, Mister Stark, we won!" And then oh god, it's so upsetting. And then Iron Man dies, and then he's doing like his um his little message thing to uh, Morgan. Is that yeah, yeah, to Morgan. And then at the end of it, he's like, "I love you, three thousand. I didn't catch that the first time. Yeah, saying, did, I love you, 3, did, you, did you get the three thousand reference though, Glenn? Well, that's what uh, Robert Downey Jr. says to his kids in real life. Oh, okay. Oh, is it really? Oh, 
I, yeah. I read, oh, oh, okay. Maybe actually, that, that sounds better, actually. Well, I read online, someone thought that because of Tons of Thousand, and Morgan says, I love you tons. No, because Tony Stark says, I love you tons. Then Morgan goes, I love you 3,000 to imply three tons. That's what someone said online. I thought it was quite clever. A ton is a hundred, though, in money. Oh. I was just I think. Tons, tons is, a ton is like kilograms, isn't it? Yeah. Like, tons of thousand kilograms. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, There's a lot of throwbacks in this film as well. That's isn't the there? thing. Like even like when they obviously them going back to um, there was um a review that I was watching the other day and they were saying like the whole second act of the time was basically just like a massive victory. That like look, look at all the cool shit we've done in these films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the the 2012 New York the Avengers they did they showed the money shot and then. Obviously, like the old bit with Hulk, and then <laughs> Hulk seeing himself himself from 2012. Obviously, fucking maniac. They like bearing back. Thing is, like, I really, I agree with you. I really, really like second time watching it. I detest yeah. him even more. I just don't like. I'm not a big fan of him. Yeah. Don't like uh, Doctor Hulk or whatever shit. Yeah, yeah, fuck off. Not a big fan of That's why he's blown up his arm. Hopefully, it doesn't repair itself. <laughs> Honestly, he's a, he's useless. <laughs> <as well. laughs> it was funny though. Like obviously, when they first meet him, and he's in the diner, and he gets the picture with the kids. Obviously, he's like bare cringe, like dabbing and stuff. Yeah. And then Batman's like, I just want a photo of me. And then they're all like, no, it's bare awkward. And then Batman's like, that kid's actively saying he doesn't want a photo of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think Paul, Paul Rudd's like, was fantastic in this, I think. Yeah. Do you know he's 51? I know, man, isn't it? Cr- oh my God. He is like, he can actually do like, serious parts quite serious. Yeah. Then he does jokey bits. And then he does bits where he is just pure funny yeah and it's it, Paul Rudd was, yeah was very they got good. they got a spot on with yeah. the Ant-Man casting Definitely. for Paul Rudd um there's some other bits I honestly it's yeah it's um, so long ago now that I watched it you know, it's only <laughs> yesterday. yesterday yeah I was gonna say yeah I'm not a big fan of Professor Hulk to us now that I understand the, the time travel thing the Professor Hulk thing is the main pretty much the only thing I have a grip with and even that's minor that's I'm not that bothered but yeah the film for me really like really solid I'm not sure where if where I rank it but Pretty high, I would say. Is it in your top five? I'm not sure. Maybe just that. Maybe number six. Maybe on the cusp. On the cusp. Well, if you're happy to move on slightly from Endgame, the new Spider-Man Far From Home trailer came out today, um, which they, you know, Tom Holland says a thing before the trailer and says, look, this spoils some of Endgame. So if you haven't watched it, you know, go and do so. Um... So the trailer very much is Tony's dead. Spider-Man's now got to deal with that. You know, Happy Hogan's there. He's also grieving. And now kind of Nick Fury's taken over the mantle of, uh, you know, mentor to um, Peter Parker. Um, That's the main gist. And obviously, similar thing to what we've seen from the last few trailers is, you know, Mysterio's battling the Elementals, um, you know, teaming up with Peter. That's what we... No. We do we presume that Mysterio will end up being a bad guy or do we think that they're like a team up in this movie? Because the elementals I was reading are an actual group of baddies from the comics. I don't know to be honest. Who did you just say the elementals? elementals. But the film's the Eternals. Yeah. Is it the Eternals? Or... Oh yeah, whatever. The elements, that's what I was getting at. They're like water and earth and that. Are they eternal eternal superheroes? Yeah. Yeah, but that's not what Ben's talking about. Oh, what's he talking about? He's talking about elementals. The rocks and the the water and all those things that they fight in the trailer. 
Oh, sorry. Elementals. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure to be honest because obviously I don't know anything about Mysterio, and all I've heard from everybody is that he turns out to be a bad guy. So I'm expecting him to turn on Peter Parker at some point. Mm, so see, I don't know. So he's normally a bad guy and quite a smart bad guy. Mm. Uh, but I so I thought when this film was originally announced, it, uh, there was a big like speculation that uh, Mysterio has set up all these events and he's actually battling the events and winning to make himself look like a good a good superhero. Mm. But from this trailer, they've completely debunked that, haven't they? And they've said, no, this is Mysterio from a different universe yeah. with these monsters from a different universe and he's battling them from his universe mm. kind of thing. So I could, the only way I can see him being an, absolute, an actual villain is if he somehow can't get back to his own universe because of Peter Parker, maybe. And he's got like some grudge. Mm. Um, then you've also got the issue that they've now introduced the multiverse into uh, Marvel. Marvel. I was so gassed when they mentioned that. When he yeah. was like, he's from a different universe. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> that opens up so many possibilities now. Yeah. X-Men. Uh, and it also, and it also, yeah, so X-Men, it now opens X-Men, Fantastic Four, blah, 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 blah. All the people we want in it to be in it. Although, hasn't Tom Holland only got one more film on his contract with, with, with the Sony Marvel? Combined? Yes, unless they extend it, which I imagine they will. Yeah. Um, so my only issue is, if the franchise starts to lose a bit of gas, which I'm going to say it probably will in the next coming films, unless they continue to... What's, what's the bit of gas? Well, how many people are going to go and watch The Eternals? And what's the other one? Uh, I don't know. The next, the, well, we've got Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2. Um... The Eternals, sorry, ben, the Eternals apparently is going to have um, the first opening game Superman. I feel like The Eternals and Black Panther 2 are the only ones I'm really that gassed about. Doctor Strange 2 is going to have to do something real special to make a villain that I'm going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, but like the general, I'm saying like the general yeah. project, like they love Doctor Strange. True, true, true. But I just feel like the pedal's going to come off a bit. But if it does... They've got a backup because they've got the multiverse of characters. It's kind of like the Flash. You got rid of uh, what's his name in season one? Um, guy who teaches Flash how to do what he's supposed to do. Yeah, but, yeah, but the good version, the one we like, is he the one that we're actually friends with? Flash is actually friends with. What's his name? Uh, Harrison Wells. Harrison Wells. But keep bringing him back and bringing him back and bringing him back. I feel like if this franchise was to ever lose some steam and they like people were like, oh we're not liking the new big six. They could just be like, well, go to a multiverse, let's go and get Captain America, let's go and get an Iron Man. It doesn't have to be the same actor either. No, that's, that'd, be, that'd be a terrible <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a good idea, but I'm saying they could do it. Um but yeah. Oh, um it opens a lot of possibilities, doesn't it, really? Um There's a there's a there's a costume in this trailer. I think it looks a little bit to me like the noir Spider Man. No, it's a stealth suit. Oh, okay. I was going to say, is that like the multiverse or the Spider-Verse? No, no, no. It's stealth suit. Um, well, that's what I'm assuming. Right. Because I do think it's pretty cool. Because well, I think we did sort of predict this might happen. Because, you know, how are they going to bring in mutants and all these people that, you know, they've got their own long history of, you know, uh, storylines and backstory. You know, you can't all of a sudden just have, oh, now there's mutations. Yeah. So I think... The snap and the the time heist 
causing this rift in time is a really interesting thing. Um, it also, also puts an exclamation mark on whether they can actually use time travel again without damaging stuff. Yeah, that's true. Because they thought, you know, they thought by returning all the stones to the right time that they've... Well, America messed that all up, didn't he? Because he stayed back in time. Silly. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think he went to alternate world. But even Hulk even says before, just before Captain America goes, like, make sure you put everything back in its place, otherwise you'll you'll open up loads of crazy alternate realities. I'm assuming that's. So he stayed and changed. I think they need to do it subtly, though. They need to start slowly introducing these things. They can't just be like, boom, he's. Loads of universes and that. Um, oh, really like, boom, the Fantastic Four headquarters and the uh, X-Men mansions just appeared on the map. Um, <laughs> um, other other key talking points for the trailer is they've kind of whole done away with this whole, or, you know, Spider-Man keeping his secret. Because MJ's like, yeah, I know you're Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, but I can't tell if that's a joke or not. I think it's legit. I think, it, I think you know, we've had two other franchises of this already where Spider-Man's kept his you know, identity secret for ages. And I think by now it's a bit like, you know, the whole kind of Clark Kent putting on glasses and no one knowing he's Superman. It's like, really? Mm. Um, I think now it's sort of a bit like a postmodern take saying like, yeah, look, we know. It's kind of obvious. You keep disappearing and then Spider-Man keeps appearing. Um, so I think, I'd hope that they, they've kind of made MJ a bit more street smart than that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think I think this film looks really, really good, and I'm pleasantly surprised, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like super, super like looking forward to seeing it, but um, I think the trailers, the two trailers that, that I've seen, have been quite good. So yeah, I think it'll be a decent film. I imagine it'll be on a similar level to um, Homecoming. I thought that was pretty good. I imagine this will be pretty good as well. I don't think it'll be like groundbreaking. Yeah, I think this trailer's motivated me a bit more to think it's going to be better. Before I was like, I don't know what this is actually going to be about after after Endgame, really. Yeah. So. I mean, I was a bit lukewarm on Homecoming, but... Lukewarm I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> You're always uh, lukewarm. <laughs> hush. You did love Infinity War, didn't you? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah, amazing. There's always one exception, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to progress on to Game of Thrones or is there anything else you want to talk about Marvel um, oh um, there's that extended version apparently of Infinity War where um, there's going to be it's, a, it's got three acts itself within the final fight oh really yeah they just didn't, didn't produce it because obviously they have a three hour limit and that would have added a, probably another half an hour bloody hell <laughs> well, I might get the Blu-ray then. Mate, have you uh, seen the Blu-ray box they're going to bring out with all 22, is it 22 films? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I was like, mm, maybe I'll get it. Depending on if they've got extended bits on it. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I do stick by this, and obviously Obi disagrees because he loves the fact that Captain America went back in time to Peggy. But I genuinely do think it would have been better had Captain America died in that fight. What? I just think it would have been more... Uh, he's battling for something, and he, he, I don't know. I generally just instead of, instead of Iron Man or both. I think they're both. I think Captain America dying in the fight, or dying holding back Thanos or something, and then Iron Man dying doing the flip. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> what have you destroyed from clicking your fingers? <laughs> um, my chair, the chair fell down. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, just fell down. I just, uh, I I just think Cap needed his, his happy end. It's because, like, I can't, you know, I can't remember. Uh, Captain America won. Like, he just wanted to have this dance with his girl. He never, got, he never got it. He finally got it. I just, I just want Cap to be happy. <laughs> and I still have a big question mark on what Captain America would have done had he seen Red Skull as well. Like, there's definitely been a bit. Well, he would have put it back. <laughs> because yeah, but how? Know, How'd I, you put the soul stone back? Just drop it. Go, go, go uh, on, man. Drop uh, it. Oh, I don't love it. Yeah. Ain't got to sacrifice anything to give it back. Yeah. But I do. Assuming. Oh, imagine if he pushed Peggy off. Thirty. <laughs> was uh, it? Oh, also, was that actually a different actor? Or was that actually? What is it, Peggy? No, no, no. It's Captain America. Old Captain America. Oh no, it's him. It's yeah, him. it's him. Yeah, it's him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. They put him, the yeah. first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely. not him. And then the second time, I was like, yeah, that's him. And also, for the, the really good CGI they've done of making people look younger in Marvel, I actually didn't think. Um... Hank Pym? Hank Pym. I didn't think Hank Pym looked that great. I thought it looked really good. I thought it looked really CGI, <laughs> Fair enough. personally. I um, well, I mean, have you seen what Michael Douglas looks like now? True, true. I mean, they, they have literally de-aged him by almost 50 years. True, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, it's not going to hinder the film, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. what they did for Captain Marvel, that, I don't think that one was as good. Do you know what, what I also found out was um, CGI, was in the first act when Tony looks emaciated, like really skinny. Yeah. Oh yeah, I thought so. Yeah. That was good. I didn't that know. was good. I thought I thought maybe it just lost weight, but I was like, really? Yeah. Quickly. I don't know. Like back on that quickly. No, but they did reshoots, didn't they? So I thought maybe they would have done that bit. You know, maybe lost lost the weight after oh. filming and then they'd come back. But it's amazing. <laughs> he was showing like rib and stuff, man. There's no way he would have lost all that weight for one scene. Well, fucking Christian Bale did it for the mach- mach- machinist. But yeah. Anyway, he's not as dedicated as Christian Bale. Really. Um, yeah. Um, and also, where the fuck did she get that? That uh, Valkyrie get her flying horses? Yeah, I don't know. Didn't she have that? Didn't she have that in Ragnarok? No. Uh, she not? said all of them had gone or something. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, also, just want to touch on the fact that this film made one point two billion dollars in its opening weekend. Crazy. <laughs> that is mental. <laughs> it's already on two point one after eleven days. Disney have taken over the world. Is insane. Um, hopefully, it beats Avatar. It's, it's surely going to get three billion. I mean, Avatar is shite, so. <laughs> I, think, I don't know one person. I oh, know Larry's the only person I know who likes yeah. Avatar. He's okay. He's okay. He was okay. Yeah. I might be watching it in three D again. That was fucking annoying. I'm not even sure I'm going to bother watching the second or third one unless like they get really good reviews. But. We digress. I want to talk about Game of Thrones. So, can I talk about the first thing that we should all talk about from Game of Thrones, please? Well, Obi, have you given your opinion on episodes two and three yet? No. Well, Chris... I've spoken about episode three, I don't think. Oh, okay, that's true. Yeah, we did last week. No, we hadn't watched it by then, I don't think. Because that we recorded on a Sunday. And... Oh shit. Um, so, Chris, what did you want to say about Game of Thrones then? Did anyone see the coffee cup? I did I heard about it afterwards. Huh? I did in photos afterwards, yeah. Ah, uh, I noticed it in the thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, so, 
Obi, briefly, do you want to talk about your thoughts on episode two? Then we can talk about episodes three and four uh, kind of in conjunction. Sure. Um, yeah, I liked episode two. Um, not as much as episode one, but I was just like, obviously, preparing for, preparing for the battle that was ahead. And basically everyone just like saying basically how scared they were that they were all going to die. Um, there's a nice couple moments in there. Obviously, you get Jamie and Tyrion meeting up again um, slightly after um, Jamie's like on a trial of sorts and then uh, some backs him. And a contributing moment to the fact that Daenerys is getting absolute zero respect in this season. Like, yeah. Being undermined at pretty much every turn. I feel kind of sorry for her. Like, I'm kind of not really, I don't know why. But um, yeah, obviously Brienne gets made a knight. That was pretty cool. Um, when Tor- <laughs> when Torwood comes in, it's like, is the big woman still here? <laughs> <laughs> that guy cracks me up, man. He has uh, jokes. <laughs> um, what else is there? Um, yeah, and the fact that they were all, I don't know if you noticed, but like, the amount of times they kept saying, like, oh, yeah, you're going to be in the crypt. Like, you need to be in the crypt. You need to be in the crypt. I was thinking, like, something's going to happen in the crypt because they keep mentioning it. And they spent this season, obviously, it's only, only two episodes in, but they've spent so much fucking time down there. I just thought something. Yeah. Um, and obviously, in the next episode, you know, gets attacked or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. Obviously, I understand people saying the episode was slow, um, and there was a thing where someone said they thought they could have like taken both the two episodes, episode one, episode two, put them into like one episode. Which yeah, I, I said that. Yeah, which I understand. But you know me, I enjoy it. I like my sentiment, so you know it was a good little calm before the storm. I think. I think for me, what would have been, what would have made the episode significantly better and it wouldn't have taken much is for them to literally just put like the first bit of episode three into it so like you know maybe like the horn sounds and they're like they're here or something Mm. then you'd be like shit like i want to watch the next episode i mean obviously i'm sort of gonna jump a little bit ahead but i feel like if this was not the last in the series uh last series of this show Based on what I've seen so far this series, probably wouldn't carry on. I think if this wasn't the last episode of the series, I don't think anyone would be as bothered as they are. I think people are really, really uh, falsely pissed off because they're expecting every episode to be dragons and battles and killing and everything like that. And that's never really been what Game of Thrones is about. Game of Thrones is kind of, obviously, I'm with you guys in the fact that I think since last season... Maybe probably in season six as well. The writing's gone down, definitely gone downhill, and you know the episodes in general have not been as good as the first few seasons. But also, I think it's unrealistic for to expect you know action and shit and all that stuff every episode because that's never been that's never ever happened in Game of Thrones. It's always been quite a few episodes of dialogue, like one main episode of action, and then the aftermath of that. And that's pretty much how this is going. Obviously, we got a bit of action last episode yeah i mean i i'm not expecting that but i think and we can talk about this mostly in relation to episode three but thus far there are key things that they've been teasing for ages that seems to they've just sort of disregarded and i don't know if they're going to come back to them but i can't see them doing that so let's talk about episode three which is uh, the long night. So it's basically just an hour and a half long battle. Um, you know, 
the dead come and the living versus the dead you got i mean it was a very dark episode but i I understand that because they're trying to use like natural lighting and you know how it would have been for the actual soldiers and all that so i get it but um what did we think of the battle as or the episode as a whole i quite like the episode to be honest um the night king's pussy off uh, apart from that (laughs) i think the episode was, was pretty good um i can understand people's complaints that uh, maybe the ending was uh, a bit abrupt, um, but to me, I like I like the way it ended personally. Um, I think that I'm annoyed that Sam Tarly's still alive because that guy should have either been in the crypt or not on the fucking battlefield because he's a fucking liability. Uh, yeah. But in general, I thought like, the action, all that was good. When the Web Woman comes back, lights all, sh- all the swords on fire, and then they all charge out, even though no one gave them an order, but they all charge out. And then all the lights go out. I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then I thought that, was, I, that was done really well, I thought. Yeah. And then they were all running back. I thought that was pretty dope. The thing is, when they were running back, um, I thought they'd all just instantly be turned into fucking White Walkers. And they were all just going to come back and start attacking people. Yeah, oh, that was same. really funny. But um, yeah, the animal moment went out like a G. Oh my God, yeah. That, that, was, that, that was probably the only kind of surprising death. Because you sort of, she was such like a minor character because she's so young. Yeah. I was kind of thought like should be all right, but you know, RIP House Mormont. Yeah, true. Yeah, Jura went out like a boss, although he's just I thought about that like, oh, man. That guy just needs some needs some love, man. <sighs> um, I was a bit actually a bit annoyed about like you say about the lighting thing, especially when the dragons were fighting because I didn't know which dragon was which. I didn't know who was winning and who was losing. It was getting on my nerves a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Daenerys's dragons are, are idiots. Um. There's one bit where um, like loads of White Walkers just jump on the dragon and start stabbing it, and then the White Walk, the dragon just kind of stays there and waits for Bear of them to jump on him. Then just then decides to fly away. I'm thinking like as soon as like Bear beings that you don't recognise start jumping on you, then just fucking fly away. Anyway, yeah, shake it off, innit? Shake it off. Yeah, where's Taylor Swift? Um, <laughs> yeah, and then obviously Arya came through with the fucking 93rd minute winner, like Stevie G. <laughs> Um, I don't think um, I think I didn't clock this. I only saw it afterwards. But you know that little thing she did with the knife, that move she did with the knife. She did that in like season six, I think, maybe season seven. Uh, with, okay. With, with training with Brienne, with Brienne of Tarth. So that oh. And it, that that knife that she used um, was the knife that um, was supposed to be used to kill Bran in like season one. Ooh, so maybe Bran's the Night King. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I don't think. No, like, literally. <laughs> what I find funny is that obviously, like, we all spent so much time, like, who's the Night King? Uh, what does he want? Like, is he Bran? Is he this? Is he that? And in the end, Game of Thrones just said, just fucking said, don't fucking matter. <laughs> he does not fucking matter. This has always been about Game of Thrones. This has always been about the people. It's always been about Cersei versus everybody. Fuck the Night King. Night King was a side piece. He got treated like a side piece. I get it. Yeah, but I was still a bit like, I felt underwhelmed by it because not only did none of the White Walkers fight, like it's only their kind of the whites, the undead that do, they all just sit on their horses. And then Night King, like you said, Pussyo, because he's like not facing John in open battle. I just want, you know, a little bit of hand to hand combat with some of them would have been all right. Because you saw more of that in like series two or three when they go north of the wall. Um, you know, Sam's had more White Walker action than any of them, really. And 
Yeah, I just felt like, I mean, it was a shock because I didn't expect the Night King to die so quickly or so easily. But it just kind of felt like you'd watched all of this and all of the build-up for the last eight seasons was just a bit anticlimactic for me. Um, I mean, I, I quite liked the fact that it was Arya, you know. That... As well, yeah. I don't know if you if you felt the same way. Obviously, um, just after Beric sacrificed himself, you know, Beric, after yeah. he did that, and then she's talking to Melisandre, and obviously they're talking about like blue eyes, you know, green eyes, all that stuff. And she fucks off and runs away. I completely forgot about her. I completely, I was like, oh shit, I was still here. And obviously, yeah, my mouth was open for about five minutes. But, but, you know, so if also, if I had been like one minute earlier, Theon wouldn't have died. But that's by the by. (laughs) Then you got like Red Woman X Machina because, you know, she fucks off, comes back, does her thing, and then like just dies. And there's all this whole thing about like the prince that was promised and Azor Azai, whatever they're called, you know. All of this lore that they've been feeding through prophecy through the series. And again, they just seem to have disregarded that. Or is, it, is Jon Snow the prince who was promised? I don't know. Because now the Red Woman's dead. So she's the one that she kept saying it to everybody. She said it to Stannis and she said it to whoever. You know, it's like, do you want to follow through on this, please? Is it Jon? Is it Arya? Is it... Oh, she did, wasn't she the one who brought Jon back to life? Yeah. yeah. So it probably is Jon, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but it it just I kind of felt like I wanted a bit more clarity on that That's because true. she was wrong the first time. True. So, you know, I thought it'd be a bit more of a bigger deal about that. I don't know. It just like I I enjoyed episode three. Don't get me wrong. You're just a um, big old pussy. Off. Who? Yeah. You could oh, pussy. Fair um. You never enjoy anything, Glenn. That's true. I enjoy complaining about things. Um. And like, I feel like there's a few fake outs with this episode. Like I genuinely thought more important people would die. But Yeah, I was a bit I was a bit annoyed by that. I wasn't. Because you know like Sam's literally covered by them. To be and, fair, Sam should have died. Yeah, hundred percent. Sam should And died. then like even, you know, one of Jamie or um Brienne. Brienne. It's sort of like Jamie was never gonna die. Jamie was never gonna die, Tyr was never gonna die, Sandra was never gonna die, Arya was never gonna die. John the thing might... is, I thought, I thought Arya might have died. Say I thought Arya might have died. No, because that's on the list, man. Yeah, yeah but I'm sort of thinking, like, who's, who's, whose character arcs have come to an end? Like, Brienne's has... Also, what, what is the problem with Game of Thrones and not allowing people to die virgins? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, really? <laughs> Everyone's got to get something, isn't it? Yeah. What did you think of the episode, Chris? We're talking about third or fourth. Third. You could talk about third or fourth. Uh, third. Um, it's just very dark. Very annoying. I couldn't see shit at all. Uh, <laughs> I would have preferred more people to die. Uh, oh, it was a good episode. I did enjoy it. Uh, but, yeah. Um, Daenerys is an interesting six in game plan. But, they won in the end, so it didn't really matter. Uh, dragons are bad dumb. I've learned. Uh, I also had no idea if the dragon had died or not. That's what really annoyed me, because the fight between Jon Snow and the Ice Dragon happened, and I was at the assumption that the Ice Dragon died, and then some, and then one of the other two dragons got taken over. By, they, I assume they died as well, but getting stabbed. And then for, I thought when the Ice... Is it Ice King? Is that what you call him? Night King. When, Night King, when he rose everyone up, I thought he rose another dragon. So I was like, 
something going on when John was fighting the dragon. Also, John's a bit of a brave guy. To just, John's a bit brave guy. He's a bit dumb. He's my guy. But he's very he brave. He wants to die. I like, yeah. He, 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 he literally looked at that dragon and yeah. he went, Oh, yeah, he said, let's fucking like, go. Yeah, yeah he wanted like, smoke. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. He thought that he said the Night King ain't going to fight me, so fuck it, me and you go. 1v1, let's go. Man, I fucking love it. I thought yeah, it would have been cooler if if he'd actually killed the dragon because yeah. you know it was about it was about to think, smoke him and he could have stabbed he it obviously still below the dragon i can't remember was he below the dragon when the dragon disappeared yeah yeah it's sick if he had like got off on the stone and was ready to like stab yeah. it and then it disappeared i also thought they they could have done more about the characters being reanimated so you got like lianas mormont and the, the chief dothraki guy like they all... uh, but it's a bit irrelevant though, isn't it? Because it's just because it was over like that. It was over in, within a click, wasn't it? So it's just irrelevant. There's yeah, so but many, they could have done more so with many, that. Yeah, but there's so many dead people already. Already overcrowded. Yeah, but it could have been quite an emotional thing for like someone to have to kill someone they loved or really cared about because and, they've become. A... All, we, we've got all this lovey dovey shit throughout the whole of it, man. We don't need more. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say um, a couple of things. So like. In the in the crypts when all the dead people started coming alive, did any of you think that like, we'd see like I don't know someone we might have known? Well, I, did, I mentioned this in it. I mentioned this. I wasn't you here when I mentioned it, or was it in the episode that? Uh, so yeah, that uh, the crypt thing I thought would happen. I thought maybe you'd see, maybe you'd see John's mum or Ned. But then, like Glenn said, I think it's for Ned if you see Ned like that. Mm. And also the things with like it being John's mum, I don't really know. She really, you've seen her like once. Yeah, and, and it's irrelevant to the people who's in the crypt, so... Um, uh, what do you think about... Cause there was, like, a obviously, when that was happening, there was a weird couple moments between Tyrion and, and Sansa. I was kind of like, what's going on I here? I feel like, deep down, <laughs> they both, like, still like... Like, they like each other to the point where they were married and they looked out for each other, not they right. love each other. And I think there was that moment where they were like, right, we're going to have to do this. Like, we're gonna do what, to though? Do. Did they even do anything? No, nah, I don't know. But I feel like nah. they were going to fuck some shit up. Well, even though they can't fuck shit yeah, up. I thought they were trying to like, make it like, romantic. And I, was like, I, was, I, was, I was ready to be like, what's, what's going on? Would you be pissed if, you, if Sansa and uh, Tyrion end up being on the throne again? What the fuck is that? Sansa's a bitch. I'm going to come back to Sansa. Oh, mate, I like her, man. She's a bitch. Allow it. Allow it. Uh, what are you lastly, lastly, one thing about She's fit, bro. She is, yeah. She's great. So every time I'm more. But yeah. Sansa's like, nah, fuck them. <laughs> I really liked the bit in the uh, like the library bit when Arya was just like sneaking around because it like, reminded you, oh shit, she's actually a ninja. She's not yeah. like, been trained to do all this stuff. She can move around silently, which is how she ended up getting past the White Walker. But can I just say, when she was in that prison, yeah, where the fuck did all them White Walkers come from? They literally out of nowhere, just like a ton of them. It was it was like the Battle of the Bastards again. It was yeah. like I was like, raw, what's happening? And that poor fella, although I'm sure he can come back to life. When he gets no, the that was, his, that was his purpose, isn't it? He kept being brought back for a, for purpose. a purpose. I think it was like what, 19 times or something stupid yeah, like that. Yeah. And I think he's fulfilled his purpose now, so I reckon. Yeah, and Melisandre really saved all their fucking arses. She really did. Three times, in fact. The fire, the fire, and Telenaria, basically. So what about episode four? Leads on pretty much directly from the end of episode three. And then they all decide to go face Cersei. John Stark um, turns into Martin Luther King for a minute. Like, the, that elusive speech right at the beginning. Fucking hell. I was, even I was captured. I didn't read what people were pissed about. Apparently a lot of people pissed that John Snow did. Yeah. And I was like, 
What did he when? do in that episode? In that episode? Oh. I was like, is it because of the dog? He sent the dog away? Like, I know being very attached to the animals, but I was like, I don't think John Snow did anything, which was maybe because he told the others about his heritage. Well, his loyalties definitely still lie with his family mm. or, you know, or the family he grew up with because Daenerys was like, you know how we move forward with this and it's basically not telling anyone else and he was like, fuck that. So now, like, obviously, you know, he told Sansa, Bran, well, brand new anyway, and Arya and then Sansa's gone and told Tyrion and then Tyrion's told Varys. <laughs> and now Varys is like, Conspiring against Daenerys. Varys just wants he's, he's a prick. I'm going up for the round. I don't, yeah, I don't buy that. No, I don't buy it. He's he, a prick. He just wants to get on the winning side. <laughs> yeah, man. man. Fuck him. I don't buy it. Yeah. He's a dickhead. Um, but I was gonna say about um, so about um, about Sansa. Yeah. So like, John's like, oh no, wait. Firstly, firstly, when Daenerys and John have that conversation, yeah, I was saying, I was saying in the different group chat earlier. Yeah, they make their this season eight. They're trying their hardest to make Daenerys look as shit a leader as possible. Like they're just like, oh, like, I'm begging you. Da-da-da. It's like what? She's very pathetic, man. It's kind of getting on my nerves. I don't even like Daenerys, and it's getting on my nerves. Like, they're making <laughs> this seem so whiny and like irrational. All she cares about is the throne. She's getting undermined every second. Her men are dying. These people are dying. Loses another dragon. Spoiler. Like fucking hell. Like it's getting on my nerves, man. Like I like. I don't even like her. And I just feel like they're doing their utmost underminer, which makes me think she's gonna turn into Mad King. But, I mean, yeah. I mean it, it is a bit kind of, um, I guess, a little bit problematic that you know she's been so strong and fierce for the first seven series, and then love has literally made her weak and stupid. Exactly. And now, like you know, the first time that she's been like in love. Well, she loved Cal Drogo. Well, yeah, but after it took her some time to get on that bandwagon. And then the other bloke that she was sleeping with, she liked, but I don't know if she loved him. But John, she seems to have fallen for John. Yeah. But even that in itself is a bit like, oh, okay, as soon as the woman falls in love, she turns into a fucking idiot. Yeah, no. That's, yeah. <laughs> I must admit, it is a bit stupid. Um, I thought she was like, oh, I'm begging you. I was like, what? I thought you begging, man. Oh, it actually got my, like, it hurt my heart. It got my nerves. She was bare sneaky, though. She was trying to, like, seduce him beforehand, but then it didn't kind of, like, pan no, out. That's because uh, yeah, 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 that's yeah, just no. love. I know. But, um... But things like, yeah, I agree. I don't like I don't like the way they've portrayed her or they're, mm. they're putting her across in this thing. But mm. I do genuinely think they're trying to set her up. Things are, th- yeah, I think things are going wrong. Yeah. People are going to betray. Yeah. She's going to turn mad. Yeah, she's yeah. definitely going to like blow up King's Landing or something. Yeah, yeah. And then she'll probably well, end up being killed. She's already said in it. She's, she was like, well, okay, we'll give them... Because they were like, she was like, let's burn it. And they're like, well, no, you're, you're all about the people. Don't do it. Mm. And then she's, she's like, well... Blah, blah 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 blah. We gotta do it basically, and then and then Tyrion was like, "Well, let's go and give them the option." And she was like, "Okay," but then we're gonna burn it. And then yeah, so then so then you got Daenerys, Varys, Tyrion, Grey Worm, and a small selection of the Unsullied. They go try and plead one last time with Cersei. Cersei's got Missandei in chains. Um, it would be a much better ending if they did like a because uh, Cersei was in three hundred, wasn't she? Oh yeah, well she yeah. like kicked her off. Yeah, she kicked her off. <laughs> I thought what she was gonna do. Yeah, I was like, "This man's Sparta." Yeah. But I was gonna say, like, before we talk about that a little bit, did you guys see the whole dragon through spear, all that shit coming? Because yeah. I was oh, like, no. I, when there was happened, I was thinking, okay, you know, they're just coming to King's Landing, they're gonna settle and whatever, yeah. whatever. Then the fucking the spear comes and the dragon. Okay, okay. 
the um, <laughs> somebody. Oh, Joe, that doesn't matter. Um, no, 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 it doesn't matter. No. Um, but yeah, I was proper caught off guard with that. And then, but what I didn't understand is obviously with the boats and all that, and they were aiming the arrows at um, the last Junkman. I don't know. Why didn't she just do the fucking Dracarys on them? I yeah. think because they would have released the bolt and it would have gone into the mouth and they would have died. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't see that dragon dying coming and I thought that was quite cool. That was a pretty good shock. This, um, is, the, this, is, this is why I think they've set up to be a mad, going to be mad queen because yeah, her, babies, her, her babies are going, yeah, isn't it? Her babies, babies are going. Yeah. That's baby as well. But then there's also this whole like three-headed dragon thing that this prophecy that they were talking about. Yeah. You know, and everyone was like, oh, it's going to be John Tyrion and Daenerys, but now there's only one fucking dragon left. So yeah, it's gone well out the window. They said fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, son's a bitch. John was like to her, yeah, All right, with family, yeah. Swear to swear to me that you won't tell me what what I'm about to tell you. Oh, I can't swear if you don't tell me what the secret is from the book. And then he tells her, and then literally, it might not even been like an hour. I don't know how long it was. It wasn't fucking like it wasn't more than a day. Ready. Tells fucking Tyrion. Tyrion, being the chatty patty that he is, goes and tells Varys. And now Varys is going to fuck up Daenerys' whole fucking life. Why did Tyrion yeah, but, Tyrion tell Varys but, for? What was, the, what was the benefit in that? So I, you know, I only, so I got the feeling that Sansa, yeah, she wanted to tell Tyrion anyway. Sansa, like, she, yeah, yeah, Sansa yeah, never swore. I feel like, I feel like Arya that swore. No, she did. She said, I swear. She said, did I swear. She? Yeah. I thought it was only Arya. And then, yeah. oh, okay. But I also think that, um, I think Sansa kind of thought Tyrion might have known already because uh, Tyrion was like, yeah, your brother said he's not a Stark anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. I think he maybe got an inkling, but yeah. I don't think he actually knew. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, yeah, that just annoyed me, man, because Sansa's just, Sansa's just like, obviously, I get it, because they're trying to make her, like, very smart and cunning because she's learned from uh, Littlefinger and yada, yada, yada. But, like, she just keeps undermining Daenerys for, like, no fucking reason. And it's, like, annoying me because Daenerys has come in. I'm not gonna lie, I've been like nothing but nice to her. I think anyway. I don't know if you guys feel differently. I agree. Like, yeah. I agree. As soon as she come in, she's like, oh yeah, don't like her. Don't like her. Don't, like why? Like, oh, she's, not one, has, she's not one of us. Sansa has been through twice. So what? Everyone. <laughs> John fucking died. <laughs> yeah, did Daenerys know that? That what? John died. Yeah. I imagine so. Because like at the the feast, he's like, you've died and then you've come back to life and blah 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 blah. And mm. she was just sitting there like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, I think she, 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 she must have. She must have known. That. I think. I think they reference it at some point when they first meet. I think maybe. But um, yeah, and obviously she was Daenerys was getting fuming. Off. Yeah, because everyone was like talking about him being cute yeah, and, shit. and then yeah, she she oh, that's the thing that making her look so petty, and she was like looking at it like bare but her, jealousy. But her aim hasn't. To, her aim has to be has to be. Like, oh, I know, I know, I know. I know. It's annoying me. They're making they're, oh. making they're making John out to be like all oh, this cool, calm, and collective. Oh, oh God. And then, then obviously, like, like things like you take her and how much them, how weak they're making her, and you oppose that to like Cersei, who's just looking like a boss at the minute, and you're just thinking like, two of these together, like, there's no match. Like Cersei's just gonna wash you. Like, oh, I think, I think the thing that happened at the end is really gonna, is really gonna strike a chord. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They killed my babes, man. Fucking hell. Yeah, so anyway, so, I, I, what I cared about this fucking show. So the mountain chops off Missandei's head. Although she does have the opportunity to literally kill Daenerys, Tyrion, and Varys right there and then. I don't quite understand why she doesn't. It's one of those things, isn't it? That's what I was thinking, but it's one of those things they used to do, isn't it? Like... Oh, and then fucking Masande and uh, Grey Worm, just, they, they said like two episodes ago they want to go off and 
chill in the sunset and the beaches and that. See, I mean, you knew that wasn't going to happen. I, I know, but I thought Grandma would be the one. I thought it would, it would kill my Sunday, man. What she'd do to anybody? <laughs> She's just yeah. trying to live a life. And well, mate, what about Jamie, the fucking dog? Jamie's a fucking dirtbag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Brienne, the one bang, innit? Isn't it? She was. They had Brienne. Brienne, just, Brienne literally just became a knight. They had her in a fucking robe, just like waiting in the cold, watching Jamie fucking run away on this horse. They made her look so fucking. Oh, weak. Weak. And yeah, the gender crying. politics in this aren't great, are they? What am I watching? This ain't fair. Like, oh, she's stronger than this, man. Oh, God. Also, I, I did not want Jamie and Brienne to get together in any shape or form. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was if that was a friendship thing or if it was a romantic thing, obviously, until they started banging. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather Tormund have done it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But, um, see, uh, what else happened? Gendry became a Lord Baratheon. Whatever. Stone yeah, Jones. don't care. Sam leaves with Gilly Don't and care. she's Prego again. Um, and I then here that I just didn't care about. But... Tormund, Tormund's taken the Free Folk back, yeah. um, which I'm is sure probably quite a large part of their army. Yeah. And then, yeah, and um, Cersei's just top bitch, isn't it? So... Oh, yeah, I rejected her yeah. proposal. Yeah. Don't kill yeah. yeah. She's got two people left on her list. Uh, I was looking at the other day. Some the guy... Huh? The mountain on the list. No, no, no. Mountain's off the list. It's some guy. It, I think he's in the books and in this. Thanks to do with a horned helmet. Oh, I'm going to find it. I didn't know who he was, but I looked it up. Is the mountain on the list? No, not anymore. Why would he not be on it anymore? She killed him. Oh. What? That's what? Yeah. When did she go when, when he fell off the... When um, he did it, isn't it? That's the hound. Oh, yeah, the mountain's brother. I don't think the mountain's on the list. Okay. Oh. I'll, I'll check me out. Oh, but bloody telegraph, you have to pay for but Yeah, I still, I quite enjoyed the episode overall, I would say. Yeah, it's better than the first two. Fair and enough. then I think the fifth one is shaping up to be pretty good as well. Who is? Apparently, there's only one more fight. According to Amelia, it'll be next episode, I think. According to Amelia Clark, the fifth episode is like. Yeah, apparently. That's what she said on Night I'm sort of getting to the point where I don't really give a shit who's on the Iron Throne at the end. I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know what's wrong with you, Ben. I'm not going to lie. I feel like, I feel like in general, people are just. I don't know why. I don't know how to explain it, but I just feel like you guys set this impossible bar for these episodes. And then when it doesn't doesn't meet up to your expectations, you're really disappointed. So, like, the episode itself. Could be like a maybe seven and a half, eight out of ten, which is still really good. Because you're expecting a ten, like, oh no, it wasn't very good, it was average. You know I mean, what I mean? I'll, I'll be the first to ha- hold my hands up about that. And I did say that about Endgame, right? I was like, you know, look, I have hyped this up so much, I was expecting another Infinity War. Yeah. But, you know, there is elements of this episode that I really did like. And, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad episode. Like, you know, the dragon was a shock. Like, Miss Andi was a bit like, oh shit, didn't really see that happening. And, you know, the whole turning against Daenerys I find really interesting I do just genuinely think that I've sort of lost my thrust for this because the the storytelling and the writing is is getting like quite bad and it is genuinely because they don't know what is going to happen because I mean George R.R. R. Martin has probably told them a few key things right like Arya kills the Night King 
um, you know, X ends up on the throne or whatever. But to get to that point, they're having to make it up on their own. And you can tell, like, I think, was it series six when the Sept of Baylor blows up? Yeah. That was sick. That was genuinely sick. And since that point, there's not really been, like, episodes. You know, it's, it's sort of become a bit too predictable. Or you can sort of tell that key characters aren't going to die. So, like, that episode in Series 7 when Jamie and Bronn were fighting Daenerys um, by that river. Yeah. Like, genuinely, I was like, oh, Jamie's going to die. And he doesn't. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Then, like, there, how many how many times since then have we thought, oh, so-and-so's going to die? Or, you know, maybe previously they would have because they weren't scared of killing off fan favourites. And now it's sort of like the only characters they are killing off are ones that we, you know, Jorah, like, not that... I mean, he's a key... He's an important character. He's not, like, one of the main people. Like, you know, Theon, like, fine, you know. They're not, like, you know, one of the big dogs. And that's... I think that's just because they sort of... They set the bar so high with Series 1, they did maintain it right through until Series 6, when you got, like, Cer- Cersei blowing up um, uh, Marjorie and Loras and, you know, the High Sparrow, and then Tommen dying or killing himself. And since then, you've not really had any any big twists, apart from, like, maybe you could say the dragon, but, I mean, you're the first to admit that you're not the biggest fan of the dragons. So I just feel like the, the, the core cast are very safe, and to me, that makes it seem a bit more kind of pedestrian and, and just a bit like, oh, I can sort of see what's happening now. But do you, do you think you can predict what's going to happen in the end? No, I don't, which is good. But I, th- I do wonder whether George R. R. Martin would have killed off any of these characters had he finished the books. He wouldn't... Oh, yeah, I suppose. But he has told him what he wants. Yeah, but he wouldn't... You know, when they've got seven... Because two of the books are split into two, so there are seven books out, but, you know, they cover volumes one to five. There's so much detail in there they can refer to. Whereas the sixth and seventh volume are not out. He hasn't finished writing the sixth volume yet, so he hasn't started the seventh. So it's only like conceptual ideas. So they can't look at the book and then talk to George and say, oh, what did you mean here? Or blah, 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 blah. Which is what I feel like the, was there was more of a uh, direct link to the novels. And since that point, I think it's... I mean, the episodes have got short. The, uh, the series got shorter, and it's just felt a bit more like, you know, because before you'd have, like we talked about last with last season, you'd have an episode where they were literally on the King's Road, going yeah. to Winterfell. But the reason they could have that those scenes is because, you know, George had written scenes where characters are talking or interacting, and you know, there's, you find out information about the history or another character or whatever. Whereas here, it's just like. Boom, now we're in the north. Boom, now we're in dawn. Boom, now we're wherever. So, yeah, I think, I feel like they haven't kept up the momentum of the big shocks. And it's not that I want a battle every episode. I just want them to maintain the 
the thrust that they started with Series 1. But and I think they haven't. I don't, that's fair. But I don't think that... So if you take each series individually, I think they all... Like, I don't think every episode like has a thrust, but they all like build up to something. I feel like Season 8 is building up to something. I would, I'll would, be the first to admit that I don't think Season... I think Season 7, Season 6 I thought was really good. Season 7 I didn't think was great. Season 8 has been alright, but it's not been near like the top season. But I do think that they are building towards something, towards the thing that really matters, that, well, I'm assuming yeah. we care about, which is the Iron Throne. One thing I was quickly going to say is that I, re- I actually reckon uh, George R. R. Martin has like thrown out ideas to um, these writers, saying like this is how we end. Then he's going to watch them do the finale, see how people react to it, and if they like it, he'll keep it. If they don't like it, he'll write, write something else. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I genuinely don't think he's going to release them or finish them because it's been far too fucking long. But you're talking about fast. How long has it been? Uh, twenty eleven was the last book. How long? Sorry, how long was it been before like those books? Then, how long between was it? Well, the first book came out in 1999. Okay. And so he wrote seven books, but five volumes within, I guess, 12 years. Mm. And there were like long gaps between some of them, but not eight, nine years. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, so the first, what, six episodes of series five were, were pretty poor with the whole Dawn thing. Um, mm. But you were talking about thrust like season seven is pretty much wholly setting up the fight with the night king Mm. and would you say a whole series building up and then basically what you know if you just you could discard episodes one and two and just have episode three because that's the fight i don't think that payoff is fitting for the build-up that it's had you know, if you'd had a, a, a key character death. So I feel like currently someone like Tyrion is pretty expendable now because he's getting dumber and, you know, less important in my opinion. If he died, I'd been like, shit, you know, big character death. Like, it would have been like a big payoff or if there'd been a huge fight scene with the Night King or you'd found out that, you know, the Night King had seen Bran and they'd become, you know, one or whatever. I don't know. I feel like there they could have been a bigger payoff there. That's fine. But, you know, like like everyone says, everyone in my life says that I'm not pleased by anything, so... You're hard, hard to please peers. Anyway. I've got two people off the list. I oh, know you tell your thing first. Oh, no, I, was just, I was just going to say, um, why do we think that Tyrion's bare dumb just now? <laughs> What's going on? I think because they're not following the books. He's not very dumb. He's just he's. I think he's a bit more relaxed on his his ideologies about things. So like he believed his sister when before why? he. Why? Uh-huh. Why? What? Why did why he did believe? believe her? That's what we mean. So he's been a bit dumb, and he? he's been a bit more. Yeah, I'm asking why. Uh, oh right. <laughs> why has oh. he been so dumb? <laughs> I don't oh, understand. No. Old age. Poor writing. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. it. To be but yeah. um, what are you going to say? Uh, the kill list. So you're right. The mountain is on it, but whether he's still on it since being mummified, we don't know. Or zombified, or whatever you want to say. I probably doesn't even know he's been zombified. Yeah, Cersei. And a character called. Oh. Sir Ilan Payne? Yeah, she killed him. Did she? Yeah. He. Um, it says she, he's still she... alive, but hasn't been seen on screen since season four with his work. With his oh, no, not Ilan Payne. Yeah, yeah. She killed someone called Meryn Trant. 
Yeah, Ellen Payne was the executioner that killed her father. Yeah, but um, everyone else seems to be dead, either by her hands or someone else. Well, by the hound, but I assume she's let that one slide. So the hound was on there. Uh, Beric Dondarrion, who just died, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, the mountain Melisandre, who's just died as well. I think I thought Ilin Payne went to the wall. Tywin Lannister, King Joffrey, Walder Frey, uh, and Trant, uh, Polyver, Rogar, Ro- 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 I don't know, and Thoros. Whoever all these people are. Yeah, that's it. But there's only three left Cersei, the mountain, and that guy. Um, just trying to. I'm just going on. I'm sure he's dead. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, all right. Cool. Uh, any anything else you guys want to say about Game of Thrones? Um, not really. Um, I am curious to see now what um Daenerys's reaction will be because obviously, like, Sunday was like her best friend, basically. Um, so obviously that's going to hit. That's probably like the only person who Cersei could have killed, apart from John. And obviously, John, John is dead now. Who like would have actually like made her like flip out. So I'm curious to see now what the tactics going to be. And obviously, yeah. um, obviously, Varys now. I'm assuming putting some sort of plan into motion to try and you know fuck Daenerys up. So I'm curious to know what the hell that's going to be. I want to know if Tyrion's going to tell Daenerys that Varys knows about. You know, the whole uh, John Snow thing. I don't know. Curious. Yeah. Apparently, next episode is, is going to be sick, according to me and myself. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else you guys want to discuss on this episode? Um, I watched a couple of films. Um, I watched um, Tolkien. Is it Tolkien or, or Tolkien? Tolkien. I don't know. Tolkien. But Ollie would love it. Yeah, he probably would actually. I should tell a lie, it's talking because he actually makes a point about it in the film. Um, so yeah, that's the film about the life of J.R.R. Uh, Tolkien, who is the author of like Hobbit or Lord of the Rings books and all that stuff. And so I saw the trailer for it, and to be honest, I thought it was good. The film, I think the film's alright. It's pretty decent, but I thought it was going to be slightly different to how it played out. So the way I envisioned the film going was that things would be happening in his life, and then that would relate to him writing the books and like the stories that are in his books like the hobbit and all stuff like that but what basically okay. they basically go through um his life which is you know pretty interesting i would say he's like a grew up in like africa or whatever and then his mum dies him and his brother are like an orphan and they move to birmingham he become friends with um a few boys and they make like their own society and stuff like that and then he ends up going to war so the film kind of like flipped from him being in war looking for his friend and then what's happening in his his life. Um, so it's pretty interesting. And obviously the war bits are actually pretty decent, considering it's not really like a, a war-type film. And I did enjoy it, but I don't know. He only starts... It's only like at the end that you realise that, um, you know, he's like right, writing The Hobbit and stuff like that. So I don't know. I thought they were going to try... Oh, OK. Yeah, I thought they were going to try and connect that in a bit. So do you see any inspiration for any of the characters or settings or anything like throughout this film well to us i'm not too well versed in, in lord of the rings so like how, how many of the main characters how many of like 
So like, you've got Frodo. How many mates does he have? Like, on the, uh, the road? It's eleven, isn't it? Or Hobbit? I don't know. Uh, he's got he's got he's got his his like little society thing. There's four. Frodo. He's got him guy, and three the other two, mates. The two so guys. Yeah. You got the king. Yeah. Don't know. Stark. Got dildo baggins. You got uh Gandalf. How many of them are his friends? It's actual friends, yeah. just three of them. So him and three friends. Oh, and Gandalf is technically his friend, but yeah, the three little... The other people who are his kind, I can't remember what they're called, um, Hobbits. Yeah. Uh, there's three, there's so four maybe, of them all together. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, probably there's four Hobbits probably based on him and his three, three other friends. Yeah. They had like their own little society. A conference called. But they all like, you know, like, they all called like a brotherhood and stuff like that. And uh, they all like, they all uh, basically had parents who were like, uh, really, like really strict and stuff. And uh, they wanted them to follow certain paths, but they all had more like artistic and creative paths. So like Tolkien wanted to be um, a writer. That his friend Jeff, like his best friend Jeffrey, wanted to be a poet. His friend Christopher, I think, who you named his son, he wanted to be a composer. And his other friend, um, he wanted to be a painter. So they all had like different, like um, different, um, uh, different skills and talents and everything like that. And they like push each other to, you know, actually like pursue them. Whereas like uh, their parents were kind of pushing them down more like academic uh, accountants and lawyers and everything like that. And um, there's like, I don't know if this phrase means anything in terms of like Lord of the Rings, but they say like Hellheimer or something like that. Does that mean anything? Hellheimer? No? Hell Hydra? Don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's that. So like there's one point where um, one, of the, one of the mates like stands up to his, well, he has his friends over and then the dad comes home and he's like, yeah, all your friends got to go home. And then they all like egg him on and like their little saying things like Hellheimer or what it was called. And they all like to say like Hellheimer so they like G him up to stand up to his dad. So he stands up to his dad. I thought his dad was going to like punch him in the face. <laughs> but he was like, oh, fair enough. And then, yeah, they're all like well happy and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a decent little film. He meets a nice uh, nice young lady who he ends up marrying called Edith, I think is her name. Um, I don't know if she's based on any sort of character. There is one point in the film where he talks about how he's made up his own language, which I'm sure is elfish. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, and he talks to like um, some like, linguistics professor after he gets kicked out of Oxford um, and manages to get a scholarship doing, you know, study, study that language and stuff like that. Comes a professor, you know, he goes to war, becomes a captain. Um, two of his four mates die, unfortunately. Um, Shit. Yeah, and the one who lives, Christopher. Um, but yeah, like the the war aspect of the film is basically him looking for his friend Jeffrey um, because Jeffrey's mum sent him a letter saying like, he has a reply to my letter. Blah, blah, blah. Can you go and find him? And he's like ill. He's got like um, trench fever or something like that. But he's still trying to like trek to find um, find Jeffrey. Um, and he thinks he sees him. And um, it's like while well, like some sort of bomb, um, he like runs out into a field like no gun or anything whilst all like people are shooting and stuff. Looking for his friend. And then he wakes up and he's like been brought back in hospital. He finds out that Jeff died weeks ago. Yeah, decent film though. Yeah. Do you think, you know, it'd be well received by Tolkien purists or? I'm, no, like... I'm not sure. Apparently, well, I've heard, I don't know, I might have been mistaken, but apparently the Tolkien family or estate or whatever aren't happy with the film. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure why, because I don't know anything about his background. Yeah. You think if you're making a biography, you'd at least get the family's backing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, at the very least. Yeah. But, oh well. 
All right. Um, what else have you seen then recently? I saw a long shot, which is a rom-com with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Um, Sounds enthralling. Yeah. To be honest, the trailer, I think of it, was, the reason I watched it is because of the trailer, and I thought the trailer looked pretty good, so I thought, let me give it a go. I was saying to you earlier, like, it's a bit long, but just over two hours, I think. I feel like a long rom-com should be like strictly 90 minutes. But, you know. Yeah, comedies need to be like one hour 45 max. Yeah, 100%. But um, it didn't, to be fair though, it didn't really drag or anything. But, you know, there were maybe a couple of bits that they could have just cut out, you know, just at the same time. Yeah. But it's basically about this woman who, she's Secretary of State of the, of the US. And um, it's kind of dumb, actually. Well, the president is like, it's a guy who plays um, Saul Goodman from um, Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's like a, he was like a TV, basically kind of like Donald Trump, actually. Probably, I'm assuming, yeah, they're probably taking the piss out of Donald Trump. Um, he was like a TV star who then just decided to, uh, run for president, and he played a president. He played a president on his TV show. He was really popular with the public, and then they voted him to be president. And he's just like an idiot; like he doesn't really know anything about anything. And then he says to um, Charlize Theron's character, "Like I'm not going to run for a second term, even though he's like really popular." On the TV. And he says, "Yeah, he wants to. He wants to. Um, he said he wants to leave the pres- presidency, do something that really matters." And you're like, "Yeah, I want to become a movie star." Yeah, pretty stupid. Yeah, so he, he she he says that um, bless you. He Thank says you. that he's going to endorse her. So then she um, basically does this um, uh, like vetting process, and uh, she gets people to say like what the public like about and what they don't like about her. And I think they do. They say that she needs to like improve her speeches or something like that. But, and she needs like a strong initiative to stand behind. So she like really cares about the environment and that. So she makes up this uh, bill or whatever to help the environment and she hires uh, writers to help her speeches and then she bumps into a journalist who's Seth Rogen's character um, who she who they grew up next to each other and used to she used to babysit him she says we would be one of the writers and then he comes along on the trip even though like all the people on her staff hate him so there's like tension there she really likes him they like get to know each other really well and you know eventually they like fall in love with each other he helps her write speeches and he kind of like, um, so you know, like a lot of the time, uh, a lot of plots in TV shows would be like, there's this government and they've got this law they want to pass, but then the law gets watered down to the point that, you know, it's not even serving the purpose that they expected it to be. And he's kind of like there as like the moral compass to stop her from doing that. Because he's like really like, like social justice, you know, warrior sort of thing. Um, he's basically like saying, oh yeah, I'll quit if you, if you change the speech that I helped you write. Yada, yada, yada. So he's like trying to help, but he's like really stubborn. And to be honest, most of the time he gets away and they like basically get like all these countries to approve this, uh, this law that makes her really popular with the public and stuff like that. And they get together and everything. And then there's, <laughs> there's this video of him. Um, <laughs> so, like, the um, there's this guy who um, doesn't give a shit about the environment, this businessman, who basically hacks into Seth Rogen's laptop and gets a video of Seth Rogen like wanking. He like wanks into his own beard. Oh. <laughs> Which was quite funny. Close the room. <laughs> and she basically blackmails uh, Yeah, it is probably probably <laughs> he blackmails um Charlie Theron with it and says like if you don't um change your bill to um take away this aspect of it and we're gonna share this video and then you'll never be president because they'll find out you were sleeping with this guy, blah blah blah. And then she tells him, and then they argue, and then they break up. But then, in the end, she just says, fuck it, I'm going to be who I want to be. 
doesn't um, change her bill or anything like that. And she says, if you want to release the video, release the video, which they do. It's still quite hilarious. And um, yeah, and then they end up together in the end, which is nice. And he becomes like the first um, first gentleman, I guess, of the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. is, it fu- is it funny? It's... They're, they're, to be fair, there were some quite funny moments. There was there was no like belly laughing from me, but there were quite a few moments that I found quite funny, yeah, I would say. Okay. Because uh, I... I've heard reasonably good things about it, mm. um, and I, I, I quite like Seth Rogen. Mm. Does he play Seth Rogen? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Seth Rogen just plays Seth Rogen. Yeah. Although I, I do miss him, Jonah Hill, and James Franco. Like yeah. their chemistry together is so good. Mm. I just want them to do another film, at least. Um, all right. Well, I watched. Yeah. What's that, Chris? Pineapple Express 2. Not going to happen, mate. Um, I saw uh, a new release called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, I think is the correct title, um, which is a film about Ted Bundy, um, who was a serial killer from the 80s, uh, 70s and 80s in America. Um, By all accounts, he was a very charming and good-looking man which helped him abduct and then brutally kill and rape women um but this this film stars zach efron uh and lily collins as his um girlfriend um it's sort of initially told from the point of view of the girlfriend so you follow her she bumps into ted and you know he's very charming and um she she's coy about the fact that she's a single mother because it was like the 60s or 70s and it's very kind of taboo um and and he's like oh no don't worry and um so like quite early on actually is anyone gonna watch this yeah but i might watch it at some point but i don't mind if you talk to me okay i mean it's it's this stuff has happened right so it's not going really too much spoilers to tell you what happens um but so quite early on, like they've slept together and she wakes up and she has a, a baby girl who sleeps in a cot in their room and he wake, she wakes up and he's not there and the baby's gone. And so as an audience, you know that Ted Bundy's a serial killer, right? Mm. It's like, I don't know, it's like, um, it's like watching a film about Charles Manson. You, like, you know Charles Manson's a killer. Um, so you, initially you're like, fuck, has this guy just kidnapped his daughter or whatever? But then you find that he's making eggs in the in the kitchen and it's like, you know, the child loves him, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then, like, and he's training to be a lawyer. But then slowly, like, girls start going missing in the area that he's in and um, and he gets arrested for speeding. But the, the police are like, oh, you're on our wanted list um, for the abduction of these girls. So basically he gets uh, arrested and sentenced for kidnap. Um, but all this time, like his girlfriend is basically like, no, 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 I know you'd never do this. Um, they've got the wrong guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, but as an audience, you know he did it. Um, but I think, so this film got quite a lot of controversy initially because they cast Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. And obviously Zac Efron is gorgeous. So like, it was sort of, people were saying like, you're portraying this, serial killer to be like really good looking and like charming and blah 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 so it's like glamorizing him in a way or like yeah. fetishizing him um and 
even like watching it, like because Zac Efron has a really good performance in this film, I was sort of like, oh, do you know what? Maybe he didn't do it. Can this? Could this guy have really? <laughs> I was like, no, surely he didn't do it. Like you know, because he's so convincing yeah. as an actor playing this character. Um, but then there is a moment, and you sort of it turns, and you're like, oh yeah, he definitely did it. Um, like so, he like escapes. He jumps out of a window um, to escape and uh, uh, from he was on tr- he was at a court hearing and oh. he sees an open window and, like pegs it and jumps out the window is um, it clever how they catch him in the end because he denies everything doesn't he and then isn't it that they actually ask him how he thought the murder should be commi- uh, would be committed I don't know about that that doesn't happen in this film oh okay um, but basically so there's so then he gets recaptured so basically he, he fucks off to Florida um, on the run and he phones his girlfriend and it's like I'm in Florida and then at that moment it says like you know three women in from Florida have been killed blah 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 and he's like no nah, that wasn't me and they're <laughs> like definitely fucking was um, so that's when the, it kind of becomes more about his point of view um, and then she basically just the rest of the film she's just sat on her sofa watching the TV of him so her character development kind of goes downhill a bit but um, the more interesting part is Ted Bundy and then he kind of, by chance, bumps into this girl that he knew from school or something. And she's, like, infatuated with him. And she starts, like, helping him. You know, she wants to... She's ride or die for him, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he eventually gets recaptured. And there's a whole long trial sequence um, featuring Jim Parsons, who you you cannot get out of your head that he's Sheldon. Um, <laughs> so, But he plays, like, the prosecutor. Um, and then there's this whole kind of sequence of, you know, evidence and and Ted Bundy then, because def- Ted Bundy's his own defence. Um, again, like he's so charismatic and charming that you're sort of like, oh, he, you know, if, if even a bit of this is how Ted Bundy was in real life, then you can see why he had such appeal. Like the media, like it was the first televised trial in the world. Mm was Ted Bundy's trial, and he like really captures the camera, well, Zac Efron does. Um, and then you do see archive footage afterwards of scenes that they've imitated, and Ted Bundy in real life. And Ted Bundy in real life is not as half yeah, as good but, looking as Zac yeah. Efron. Do you know, do you know I, th- I, I think that as well, but apparently the women back then just used to find him really attractive. Yeah, I mean, you do see clips of women being like, oh my god, he's dreamy, like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, he would never do this, I love he him. He looked very creepy, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. I have a question, do you think this would have been better as like an OJ Simpson style um, TV series? Or do you think it's quite good as a film? I think I think it was enough as a film. I think it's difficult because I feel like they did, because you don't see him commit any of the killings or any of the acts. We don't see uh, that in OJ Simpson's trial either. No, 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 I know. But I'm saying I, I feel like that's a good thing they didn't show that because they could have gone down that route of like, this is Ted Bundy, all the killings and blah, 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 blah. Um, I think it's better though, isn't it? Because this way you kind of like start to believe him a little bit when he says he hasn't done it. Yeah, because I think... You kind of believe him a little bit, don't you? Because they're framing it from the girlfriend's point of view. And obviously the girlfriend's like, doesn't think he did it. So you can sort of see why she would have thought that because okay. he's so charming and good looking and so good with his daughter and blah 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 and, yeah. and, and I think you know you don't want to glamorise the killings by showing them and you know I mean obviously these things happened in the for our parents generation you know part of their generation so people watching it might be quite triggered by some of if they saw it 
Um, so I think they did well not showing that. But I guess there is a whole controversy about, you know, portray- Zac Efron portraying him in that way. And even as an audience member, you're like, I actually kind of liked Zac Efron in this film, which again is maybe problematic. But I thought it was a good film. There was the one thing which I'm confused about, though, is because you find out towards the end that the reason that Ted Bundy was on the police's wanted list in the first place is because she phoned up and was like, oh, that e-fit that you made looks kind of like my boyfriend. But then she's always like, oh, no, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. So I was sort of a bit like, why would she have done? They don't really give any justification other than she saw a sketch that looked like him. But I was like, if you don't think that he's capable of doing this, why would you have done it anyway? And she's she in the film, she says, oh, I didn't think it would have gone anywhere. But you wouldn't have done that in the first place, surely. Um, and I was reading up on it, and apparently the real-life girlfriend had found things like rope and like bloodied clothes or whatever in his car. And so there was more suspicion, hence why she phoned it in. I feel like they could have played more on that in the film. Um, did they mention in the film about how like a girl went missing and then another girl mentioned that the only bit of information she had was that the guy's name was Ted? No. See, man, I, I don't know whether I should finish watching the documentary now or should I just watch the film and then watch the documentary? I'm so baffled. Uh, what should I do? I think, I mean, obviously this plays a li- maybe a little bit loose with some of the truth, but it was a compelling good. film. And Zac Efron is a, you know, does very well in it. Um, and it tells you at the end, like, he confessed to 30 murders to, before he got um, electrocuted. Um, but they think it's a lot more. Yeah. yeah. So it was, a, it was an interesting film, like, good performance. Um, you know, take it how you, you will. I think they definitely could have done a lot more and they could have maybe done the whole film from his girlfriend's perspective. Um, rather than sort of switching and you do feel a bit of empathy for Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy um, which again is kind of problematic in itself but I, I do think it was a good film and I enjoyed it Decent. for right. what it was Yeah. what about um, you Chris, you've watched a series I have indeed but it's getting a little bit late and this has gone on for a bit of time uh, I'm happy to talk about it but uh, I, well, I, I'll briefly go over bonding because that's a pretty funny one, I think. Unless I spoke about it last time, which I don't think I did. You didn't. Uh, know. And uh, I could talk about the OA, but I'll leave that till next week because you're still oh, watching no. it. I finished episode two. Yeah. Of what? The OA. No, season two. Oh, okay. Right, so I'll wait a little bit. The more catch up to you. But basically, bonding's a TV series. I think it's meant to be like a jokey kind of serious one, but not really that serious about this girl who is a um dominatrix and she yeah and she recruits her uh, best friend who's gay kind of be like her assistant bodyguard kind of thing don't know if it'd be much of a bodyguard if i'm honest and it's like 17 minute episodes quick there's only like eight episodes so it's not too long otherwise and it's like her her like her being the dominatrix as well as studying this course, I cannot remember what the course is, and trying to keep it all a secret, have her life. And then there's him, who's not really been having too much luck with his homosexual life, and he lives <laughs> in this flat with 
this weirdo who's quite funny and just want this weird this guy really wants to have a finger up his bum and he's like it's just weird and then obviously he goes through this dominatrix thing and in the first episode there's this guy like tied up and his his safety word is essentially the Flintstones I can't remember things Barney Rubble Rubble whatever his name is and basically he likes being like degraded and then the guy laughs that the gay bloke laughs at the guy on the table when if he couldn't get his penis up or something and he's like oh yeah tell me more tell me how pathetic i am tell me how pathetic my penis is and then the guy's like the guy's like no i don't want to do it and she's like just do it he's like no i don't want to do it and then like the guy nearly like chokes death he flips off the table and then then he starts terrorizing him and then joe was sitting there watching it with me yeah and so the guy's like getting off to it yeah and then all of a sudden you see in the next scene the guy finishes but you don't see his penis or anything, but you see the cum splatter in the gay guy's face. Oh, and it's just like, oh, what the fuck? And there's bare shit like that. But it's like some guy likes to wrestle in penguin suits. Another guy is like basically her servant. He likes to be told what to do. Uh, and the gay, yeah, both of them are like trying to get relationships. And it's quite, it's quite, an, it's quite an easy watch. And it's like funny, like you're not going to take it too seriously. It's like, but it's, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. And I assume there's going to be a season two, so... Tune in. Okay. Also, just found out just now. I read it online. You know, last week you're saying, "What's Catherine? Is it Catherine Langford, the Thirteen Reasons Why girl?" You're asking what her role was in in Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. She's not in it. They cut her scene, but oh, she was God. meant to portray an old version of Morgan Stark. Mm. So, like, it was going to be like. What does it say here? Let me just read what it says here. The intention was that his future daughter. Daughter cause causes the that doesn't make sense. These are infinity stones we're dealing with. So it, these are infinity stones we're dealing with. So it's magic his future daughter forgave him and sort of gave him peace to go. Then the ideal the idea felt resonant, but it was just too many ideas. Basically, it seems like the him using the stones would have like done like a kind of like Thanos kind of thing where he saw Gamora younger, uh. Morgan older, and like forgiving them for like leaving kind of. Which, right, okay. But then she might be in future MCU films as the older, but then you just have a time jump, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, I thought they were going to do more of Cassie because Cassie went from being like three to about. She definitely 20. went. From, yeah, I was going to say well, she definitely grew. Supposed to be like fifteen. Yeah. What in now? In film, yeah. so that would have made her ten in that Man and the Wasp. Yeah, apparently that's how old she's supposed to be in that Man. Really, I thought she was about four. <laughs> No, but anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah. I think the actress, the actress well, how long How long was the whole film? It was six and a half bit years, wasn't it, the whole film in the end? I thought it was five year jump and then they did another jump. I thought they did. I don't know, mate. I'll have to rewatch it. Um, but on that note, thank you for listening to episode 82. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at YSE Podcast 17 or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud under your average critics. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Peace.